Transparency Talks podcast is brought to you today by the Defiant Ones Teen Magazine, a magazine for teens by teens, which discusses the latest fashion, entertainment, trends, financial literacy, bullying, school, sex trafficking, the health and wellness of teens and young adults, and so much more. Join Teen Brothers founders Christian and DeCorey Robinson and so many other young adults that are defying the odds by subscribing to the online and paperback magazine and listen to Defiant One's Teen Podcast on all podcast platforms today. For more information, go to www.defiantonesmag.com. Once again, that's defiantonesmag.com. Welcome to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your girl, Butterby Rocker. Listen, we have an amazing show for you today. But before I bring on my special guest, I want to make sure that you are elevating your mind. Do something active. Do anything that you're afraid of doing. Just do it. You know, you'll thank me later for doing that. Make sure that you read my book, Fear of Failure, Fear of Not Trying, as well as my new book, The Adventures in Butter Butterland overcoming fear and doubt. So with all of that being said, I want to leave you with this quote that I was reading. I, I read a lot of quotes and everything. It says, if you don't like the road you're walking, start paving another one. And this lady that we have on the other line is doing just that. She has defied all odds and has picked up the pieces more than once. And I would like to bring on Miss Jen Sue. She is a TV and radio presenter and entertainment reporter. How you doing, Jen? Hey, Butterbee Rocka, you rock. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here with you on Transparency Talks. I am excited to have you and you look absolutely amazing. Thank you. Well, I'm feeling festive, you know, it's the holiday spirit. So I'm, I'm ready for the holidays. <laughs> absolutely. So Jen Sue, can you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself? So I've been an entertainment reporter and TV presenter through six countries, all through Asia, America, and Africa, everywhere from South Africa to China, to the US, to Hong Kong, Thailand, and much, much more. Uh, basically, my husband was an expatriate, so we kind of moved from country to country. And it was kind of a haphazard thing for, not for him, but for me. Basically, every time he had to move, it's kind of like when you're, you know, he's like an ambassador kind of thing. Every few years after things were going great for me in a country, it was time to move. And um, basically, I had to start from scratch six times in my life and then, you know, finally get to a point and then have to start all over again. So it has been quite a journey, uh, but the journey continues in uh, after being in all of these countries as an entertainment reporter and TV presenter, which I still do now. Um, my son, uh, who was 13 at the time, became very ill with cancer and came down with acute lymphoblastic leukemia T-cell. We had to stop everything. I had to stop all my work and rush him, airlift him to the United States and to Philadelphia, where my family is from and where I was born, uh, to get him into Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where they saved his life. An incredible team of doctors led by Dr. Stephen Hunger at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. They were incredible. And I spent a lot of time on that hospital floor, but I watched my son go from strength to strength and get through three years of very, very heavy chemotherapy. Um, and the steroids then went on to, to 
uh, kind of, you know, uh, they ate into his bones. So then he had a avascular necrosis. And from there, he was in a wheelchair for about a year. So the journey continues. Anyway, that was a long answer <laughs> to kind of what I do, because I guess, you know, what I do is now a pretty, pretty complicated answer. <laughs> I definitely understand that. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your son, but and also glad to know that the doctors were able to save his life and everything. So we're going to go back just a little bit because you did breeze through a lot of things that you're doing and have done. Okay, so you grew up in arts and film and culture and started classical piano lessons at age five. Yes. Did you come from a, a musically inclined family? So actually, I didn't. Um, I came from a very medically, you know, inclined family. My father was in the medical field. My brother was in the medical field. Um, most of my family was in that uh, sort of genre. And uh, I don't really know, actually, but when I was young, you know, I started singing and dancing in a Chinese dance troupe, actually, outside of Philadelphia. And we were on the Today Show. We were on the Gene London show. We started performing as a dance troupe and doing the Chinese ribbon dance. And from there, I just really enjoyed performing. And my mom had me sign up for a Suzuki violin course. So I played violin for a long time. And then I started piano at age five and uh, absolutely loved it and continued playing classical music and competing uh, and I'm so thankful because through this pandemic, you know, music still is what keeps me going. And I know that that is something that is so important to you as well. And you're so talented, Butterbee. You're, you're, you are amazing in what you do. I just, I love your dance moves. I love watching <laughs> you. And I'm inspired by musicians like you, artists like you, you know, who really just feel that passion. I love it. It really makes, it's so, uh, it's just so important for, you know, continuing doing what we do in our life. I appreciate you saying it. Thank you so much. You got me over here blushing. <laughs> <laughs> this your girl, Butterbee Rocker Transparency Talks podcast, baby. Listen, this is one of my singles. Make sure you check out the music video. This is Strange Love featuring Homer Mack. Pamper you and wine you and dine you for all this just for 
you had a very exciting career that started very young. Like you said, at age five, you started doing classical piano and you've been doing a lot of stuff. After you graduated college, you won the Taiwan Idol. So it was Taiwan. Taiwan, sorry. That's okay. Uh, so I went to school in Taiwan uh, and it was in Chinese. And when I was there, I uh, entered a singing contest, which was very similar to Taiwan Idol, which is like American Idol. Okay. Um, it was called Wu Dengjiang, which is um, a very well-known national singing contest there. And I just kind of, you know, entered just almost as a joke because I was singing in the shower. So my landlady said, you really need to just try for this contest. I think you can sing better than any of those other people on TV. <laughs> so I thought, why not try it out? And um, I made it through all of the preliminary rounds. And before I knew it, I was on, I was on TV every night. And um, basically myself and my competitor, we became, you know, sort of like national heroes to the point where everywhere I went, everybody recognized me. And that was very strange for me because I grew up in an academic family, in a medically inclined family. And, you know, we don't have any celebrities or rock stars in our family. So it was weird. It was strange for me uh, to go around and, and to be mentioned in newspapers and have my photograph here and there and people making comments. It was almost a little bit uncomfortable actually, because at the time I was 19 and I felt it was overwhelming. Uh, but anyway, from there, I went on tour, I signed a record contract, and I had the opportunity to tour the world. Um, everywhere from singing for the King of Tonga, you know, to Tahiti, um, to Europe, all through Europe, and the South Pacific, and America, performing in LA and New York, and it was just incredible, performing for Chinese all over the world, and just sort of spreading the goodwill of uh, what our mission was and helping charities all over the world. So it was an incredible experience. And from there, that's how I got into television. Wow. So how did you get from Philadelphia, <laughs> you were born and raised, to, to, to Thailand? So really what happened was um, I fell in love. <laughs> when I was in Taiwan, when I won the singing contest, uh, I met someone who became my life partner and we are still together now and we uh he, the, the interesting thing is he's also from philadelphia oh, wow. <laughs> it helped a lot because then when i go back to the states for holidays and vacations he'd also go back and we would see our families um which you know our families were located pretty close to each other and that's kind of how it all started um and then when he graduated, he got his MBA at Columbia, and then he was, uh, he started working for Colgate Palmolive, the toothpaste people. And um, he was an executive at Colgate. We, he moved to Thailand and we got married, and then I moved there as well. And that's how I started my television career. I started some of it in Taiwan first, and then when I moved to Thailand with him, I continued on working as a news anchor and also an entertainment reporter and uh, worked for, you know, uh, as a VJ on something similar to MTV and also doing a travel show there and just doing a lot of different entertainment segments as well. And then also working a bit as a correspondent for E! News over there in Thailand. So that was just um, an incredible experience. But then when things were going great, it was time to move again. <laughs> And then I had to move to Hong Kong. And Hong Kong is wonderful and it's also Asia, but it's still very different. You're talking about a very different culture. Things work a lot differently there. And then being able to network and start all over again and meet people and get into the business of entertainment news and also news anchoring was not easy, uh, but after some persistence, it was again, a reality for me. Uh, I worked for Star News Asia as an anchor, as well as RTHK, Radio Television Hong Kong, and um, also entertainment reporting and being able to travel the world. So that was sort of how that happened. 
And then from there, it was on to South Africa. <laughs> you know, when things were going great for me in Hong Kong, I was really, you know, finally built up my personal brand. Things right. were going great. It was time for my partner to say, well, it's time for us to go to South Africa now. <laughs> and, you know, I was not ready for that. That was so really hard. And I said, no way. And I was kicking and screaming and crying. And I said, I'm not going to South Africa. And guess what? I ended up loving it so much. It has really been one of the most incredible journeys. So that's why you just never know what's going to happen in your life. And uh, you have to sometimes let it roll. And South Africa was difficult at first. A lot of people said that there was no way I would be able to get a career in entertainment or news because I had a Chinese face and an American accent. And everybody there uh, was either black or white or colored or, you know, had a South African accent. So they said, we don't have any presenters that have an American accent. And so it was difficult. And I wrote and I auditioned and I did not get responses and I did not get callbacks. And, um, you know, you just have to keep going. And I finally networked with the right people who gave me the opportunity to get on as a radio presenter and present entertainment news on 5FM called The Hollywood Report with Gareth Cliff, one of the most well-known radio presenters in South Africa. And then from there, I got on to Sky News, the African Business Report through our sister channel, Business Day TV. And I anchored the news and then did some entertainment reporting as well for People Magazine, South Africa and the Sunday Times. Um, and basically just one thing started to lead to another and then SABC3 Expresso. And all of those networks I still keep in touch with and I still file reports for to this day, which um, is really incredible. But, you know, it just goes to show you never know where your life's going to lead you and you've got to stick to personal branding. Keep up the personal branding. I actually wrote a book called from Z to A-lister, I'm showing it to you here, how to build your personal brand. Talking all about how you need to find your niche and where your talents lie and what you really rock at, and then become an expert in the field that you choose. You know, you want people to be calling you for your expertise, to be calling you as the cutting edge person you're going to be the unique person that's going to do things with a difference and add your personal touch to it and add purpose. Um, you also want to look fabulous in whatever you do. So especially when you're trying out and you're just starting out, you know, you want to look fabulous, be fabulous, be confident, but not cocky. You don't want to be arrogant. You do want to sort of have some level of modesty, but you also want to get yourself out there and you've got to sell yourself, communicate yourself and be persistent because like I said, it wasn't the first time. It wasn't even the third time. It was maybe the 10th time when I actually went out and approached them again from another angle where I said, you know what, this is actually where I can propose my Hollywood report to you and where actually that American accent and that different face could work in my favor and work in your favor. And it turned out that we had the most cutting edge entertainment program on the network uh, and everybody went to us for breaking entertainment news. And they loved my voice, you know, then people would listen to my voice and they're like, oh, that's Jen Sue. Even I get on an airplane. <laughs> I'd say something and everybody would turn around. That's that girl from the entertainment news channel. So, you know, you just really never know. You've got to keep and keep chipping away. <laughs> Definitely. So we take another pause for the I have, a, I have a, few podcast, with baby. a lot of the things. We keep it in that ATL. This is Erica Dawson, one of my homegirls with Deserving. Lately, I had to fall back. Lost myself at first, it was all bad. Finally escaped from a dark past All that hurt and pain was holding me back Ooh, all these different phases So many trials and tribulations oh, Broken in different places In a different space, no more work Cause I 
safe and protected. A different pattern, I'm ready for my best friend. Authentic love, don't want a second guess it. I fall, hope you're ready to catch me. All these different phases, so many trials and tribulations. Oh, broken in different places, in a different space, no more work, cause I'm Got me here. I have flaws, but won't mess this up. And if I'm broken, fix me up. Ooh, my loyalty is gonna keep us up. Unconditional is the way I love. If you're really ready, I will open up. I take a risk to experience love. There are several ways you can tune in to Transparency Talks podcasts, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbiraka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbiraka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. I'm one that moved around a whole lot too, especially mm. when I was a kid. My mom, she moved around. It felt like every year we was going from another city and stuff like that. So how did you handle that mentally and emotionally? Because it, it is hard to have to keep picking up pieces. It is. I was very fortunate in that I was able to travel a lot back and forth. So everywhere I left, I still had work in that area. So literally, I was still anchoring the news in Hong Kong and anchoring the news in Johannesburg. I know it sounds crazy, but I was actually able to do that. I flew like a mad person, constantly attending events here or there. Uh, because a lot of things I already booked in advance, some things even a year or more in advance. So I had already signed contracts and I was obligated to do things. So I still did a lot of traveling back and forth. And luckily with the internet and email and social media, we can still kind of keep in touch with all of the places that we used to be. And that would help me get through because the sense of loss is great. The mental toll is great. The depression is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can feel really just like you've lost out and everybody else is getting ahead of you. And I still sometimes feel that way when my son got ill and I had to take, you know, almost two to three years off, um, even though I was still filing entertainment re- reports, but still I wasn't quite at the top of my game like I used to be. I felt FOMO. I felt like I was missing out on events. I would look at colleagues and all the fabulous things they were doing and all the big projects that they were involved in, many things which I had to turn down myself. I turned down huge opportunities, big lucrative endorsements. But you know what? I tried to think, well, my son, he's better. And there's nothing better than your own flesh and blood and your own personal life and your family, you know, which ends up being the most important thing rather than some extra accolade or 
extra endorsement that one day you can still get back in another way. You know, sometimes there is a trade-off and it's really important to be able to prioritize what's important and what really means the most to you. So yes, it's very difficult and it's a real challenge. Um, I do use social media to try to send, you know, send out a few thro throwbacks and flashbacks and remembering some of the good times. And um, some people might criticize it as reflective glory. I don't. I think that especially during COVID, when so many people, you know, weren't doing anything, we were staying at home. It's really good to try to reflect back on all the things and all of us have incredible things that we've done and try to look back and be grateful about those opportunities that we've had and to say, hey, you know what? I've done some great things already in my life. You've done some great things. We're not able to do them all the time. And maybe in this new country where we are or in this new environment or in this new set of you know, COVID protocols, we can't do all the things that we want to do, but we're doing okay. And we're going to get through it. And we're going to have another chapter in our life where we're going to be pursuing more of these opportunities. So it is a balance. Um, we have to write gratitude journals, write out the things that you're grateful for, and just try to be, you know, try to be easy on yourself. Like Adele says, go easy on me. The greatest of people, the people that we think, oh my gosh, how could, you know, someone with gazillions of money, uh, gazillions of dollars or whatever, or, you know, they seem so popular, you know, how can they be depressed or have, have issues? But we all do. So, you know, we just have to go easy on ourselves and take it a day at a time. Absolutely. How important do you do you think that it is with balancing a healthy career and your personal life? It's so important, you know, and it's important to try to find time to really sit back and look, you know, at who's in front of you, whether it's your spouse, your significant other, your parents, your children, your relatives, people who really mean so much to you and hopefully are there to be your support network. You know, you need that. You need to reinforce yourself with a lot of positivity and uh, your friends. Be there for your friends. Check up on your friends. Check in with your friends. You know, they need reassurance too. Um, we all kind of get caught up in what we're doing. So it's important to just say, hey, you know what? I just want to reach out and talk to you or I want to spend time with you. Let's get lunch. Let's get coffee and really mean it. You know, so many people always say, oh, yeah, let's get together. And they never really mean it. I know that they're busy, but I really write um, I write down a lot of names and prioritize and say, you know what? I really need to get a coffee with that person or, you know what? There's an event coming up. I'm going to invite this person who I haven't seen in a long time to see if they want to come, whether they come or not, it's okay, but at least reach out to them. Sometimes I'll see something that they tweeted on social media or a cool Instagram photo. They might've gone somewhere and just like screenshot it, send it over. Hey, oh my God, that looked amazing. Your recent trip to New York. That looks so wonderful. I hope you're doing well. I'm thinking about you. You know, just little things like that. Sending out and keeping touch with in touch with people, people that really are a support network to you. And you know, you're going to find that there are people in your life that are toxic. You're right. going to find that the more you're out there, like you are, but a be you are a public figure. You know, you're not always going to have people on social media or in your workplace that are going to be there necessarily, you know, out to support you or for your greater good. Uh, and those are the people that you have to sort of gently say, look, I got to let go of that because, you know, you can't have all that negativity in your life. You don't need to give everybody the dignity of a response, especially if they just come out with some ridiculous wisecrack um, you know, remark that really just, it's kind of like people shake, you know, it's a WTF kind of thing, <laughs> you know, and um, sometimes you can, you can respond with something witty or even with kindness, you know, it's okay. Uh, there are going to be people that just want your attention. 
And then, you know, just to make sure that you think carefully about how you respond, because sometimes you can be legally implicated in a thread that you innocently created and got very heated. Or, you know, sometimes you didn't even mean to get involved in a lot of mess. You know, people just start hurling insults at each other and you, you're kind of like, whoa, 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 wait. You know, I just actually made a comment about something else, right? And then somebody starts talking about politics or vaccines or, and then suddenly the whole topic changed, you know? And sometimes we have to say, look, this is a little bit too much. And I got to distance myself a little bit from this. And you have to take a bit of a Zen approach and just say, I can't get involved in all of these things. Um, you have to kind of look at things as they come. Um, but you know, everything gets indexed on social media. So kind of whatever you say, there's always going to be a record of it. So always be careful, you know, about what is said out there. Yeah. And you know, it's important that we take charge of our own social media and our own disposition in the workplace and make sure we show our very best side. Sometimes it's good. You know, we all have bad days. We all have times where we just feel awful and we're depressed and we can't get through. But sometimes it's good not to complain about every little thing. People don't like to be around complainers all the time. You know, it's like when you go to a party, let's be happy. Let's have, you know, fun topics of conversation. So just, it's important to try to keep positive and to look fabulous, look as good as you can and get out there. Taking another pause for the cause. This is Samurai Tai with Alan. Christian Louboutins, it got my bottoms like a lobster. Monster. I'ma eat the beat up like it's pasta. Rolling down the street, I'm wearing black just like a mobster. You don't want no smoke, you get unhealthy, need a doctor. Shout out to my homie, he got dreads like a roster. Relay me the word and I might bring a couple shots. I be pulling strings, no guitar, but I'm a rock star. I be on the highway and I'm dodging all the cop cars. Writing all my lyrics, I be writing like an author. No, my name ain't Luke, but I am a Skywalker. Got that number nine, I'm pulling up like Tony Parker. I just like to kick it with your boy, we playing soccer. Shawty bet she inked up like a marker I be steady cooking in the stool like Betty Crocker Way too many bands, I go to Linux, I'm a shopper I'm just trying to jump up to the top like Grasshopper Shawty asked me for that Louis and that Prada She do nothing for me, so I had to give her nada I'm in the casino in Las Vegas in Nevada I got me a foreign thing, she come from Guatemala Ayy and them bands in my pocket Shawty said she want me when she walk inside my closet Ay, We know you faking, homie, stop it Gotta play it smart, I make it back, I make that profit Finish playing soccer, she gon' kick it like a sensei Left the spot on Monday, but she be right back on Wednesday She don't take opinions, she don't care about what her friends say I've been making progress, I've been trying to make some headway Shawty got them curls, and she like to use a can too I just get so lucky, number 12, like I'm Andrew I can't let her try to tie the knot just like a bantu Always keep it real because I'm never acting brand new Hey, I'ma light it up just like a candle I secured a drip and used to rockin' Nike sandals Soon they bout to know me and they'll call me by my handle I'ma need a platinum sitting pretty on my mantle Always keep that water, you would think I was a camel And my life's sweet, it can mess up your enamel So I want to go back a little bit with your book From Z to A Lister Right. How to build your personal brand. Can you give us a synopsis of your book and what prompted you to write it? So what prompted me to write it was I got a lot of um, questions on social media. You know, how did you do it? Starting from zero to hero. How did you move so many times and start over so many times? And, you know, I'd love to shadow you, you know, tell me some of your secrets to your success. And so I decided that there was a way that I could get out there and help people, um, you know, with giving out personal branding tips and just talking about some of my own personal experiences. 
And so I went through Z to A, which basically is, you know, how I went from zero to really getting out and being a household name. But it is a methodical approach and it takes a lot of time. Yes, there are people these days that can go viral and get their 15 minutes out there. But for the most part, I prefer the slow but steady approach. And it is really building on that personal brand and making sure that you are very careful and methodical about every step that you do along the way. I talk a lot about my personal experiences, everything from uh, the deep impressions of when my parents took me to China as a young girl. And it was very hard at that time. It was in the late 70s when China was just opening up. So people were not used to seeing little Chinese girls speaking fluent English with a fancy watch and, you know, Western clothing, colorful clothing, where at the time everybody was wearing sort of more dull looking clothing. And, you know, people would gather around us like we were, like my parents were Angelina Jolie and at the time Brad Pitt, like, or whatever, you know, just like movie stars. And it was very strange for me, again, like I said, because I was in an academic family um, to have that. My parents, my father was a celebrated scientist and uh, medical professor. So we went from city to city in China and we were treated to huge banquets by government officials. And um, it was hard for me. I sometimes struggled where people would put all this food on my plate and that was a Chinese custom. And I'd say, no, I don't want that. And, and everybody would be like, what? And it's the kind of thing that you just don't do. You have to learn how to pull back. And those were the times where my father would say, don't do that ever again. And I performed at the Shanghai Exhibition Center as a young child. And when I finished performing, no one clapped. And I was, in, I was freaked out because, um, you know, in Western society, you always clap after a performance. And I ran off the stage crying and crying. Later on, my aunt said to me, well, and this was at the time in the late 70s, you know, where we don't give expressions or acknowledgements um, for performances. Hmm. Nobody told me that. But those things left a very deep impression on me. And, you know, from that time, I also made a pledge to myself to really learn more about the Chinese culture, to really learn how to speak Chinese fluently. Because at the time, I actually, because I was born in the States, I didn't speak that well. I spoke enough that I learned in Chinese school, but it wasn't really until I went to school and I went to Taiwan and I went into the singing contest and I, I went on tour and I was really living, you know, and breathing every moment and being immersed in Chinese culture that I learned to speak fluently, act fluently, perform and, you know, be on stage and present on television fluently, that's when things really came together for me and, and starting to really understand more about, you know, immersing myself in a culture. And then when I went to Thailand, I also said, I'm going to learn Thai. It was very difficult at first and I was very frustrated, but I finally learned Thai to the point where I could present on TV. I was acting in soap operas and I had a diction coach who worked with me on, on my Thai. And to this day, I speak Thai fluently. I moved to South Africa and learned Afrikaans. Um, I don't speak Afrikaans that well, but I learned enough Afrikaans and Zulu to get through. And then I moved back to China and used my Chinese there. So I guess, you know, it was all about, you know, re-immersing myself in the culture. And then of course, all my personal branding tips in between. So like I was saying about being the expert in what you do, networking, getting out there and communicating and all of my tips for networking um, and also asking people for advice and constructive feedback. And some of the ways to do that is by recording yourself, listening to your voice. Does your voice sound authoritative? Is it speak? Are you speaking too fast? Are you saying I'm um in awe all the time? You know, how do you actually sound? And also, how do you look on video? And how are you coming across? Are you coming across a bit standoffish? How is your nonverbal communication going? Are you chewing gum? Are you 
making funny noises. You know, people do all kinds of things and they don't realize it. So it's good to actually tape yourself and have someone maybe even sit with you and give them and give you a constructive critique. And I've had that all my life and I'm very grateful to the many people who have, you know, helped me and who have said, you know, Jen, I actually think this is what you should be doing. And I really appreciate that. You also have to be able to laugh at yourself and to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I think those are good suggestions. Um, when I first came out in South Africa, I was, I was uh, hosting an event and I got written up immediately in the Sunday Times by a journalist who said I couldn't pronounce any of the African names correctly. <laughs> And so he kind of made fun of me, but he also did say, well, we've never had a host look or sound like Jen Su. So, you know, uh, he did try to give me some credit and he said I looked fabulous. <laughs> However, I wrote him right away and I said, I really appreciate the constructive feedback and thank you for, you know, your comments. How can I improve? Is there a book out there can help that can help me pronounce the African names more correctly? Is there a book out there where I can learn, you know, some of the Afrikaans names and be able to improve? And he actually thought, wow, you know, this is someone who can take it on a chin and just, you know, roll with it. And he wrote about me again in his column the next week. And he said, well, a lot of others would take it as an insult. Jen Su actually said, she was looking for a way to improve herself. And I did, I took it upon myself to pronounce the names properly, to pronounce words in the way that they're supposed to be pronounced in South Africa. So, uh, and, and from there, you know, just try to get better at what I was doing. And in each place, you know, really listen to the comments and everybody works in a different way. What about you, Badabi? Tell me how you have also adapted in the many places that you've lived. Well, actually, it's so funny that you was just saying that because I remember when I toured over in Ethiopia, Ethiopia was completely different. That was the first place that I went overseas to sing. And the culture and having to learn the language and everything was definitely hard. But I too, because I went I went for three months, then I came back and went for another three months. It was very important for me to understand what their cultures were. Like I wasn't used to the, the kisses, the three kisses on the cheeks. Right. And if they offer you a drink, it's, it's considered disrespectful if you don't take the drink. I mean, it was just a lot of things that I had to learn as well. So mm -hmm. when you was just saying those things, I was like, okay, yes, I definitely can relate to a lot of the things that you're saying. It is very important to make sure that you're pronouncing, you know, the words and these people's, especially the names of the people, you know, correctly. And I had the same problem when I was on stage and I would try to say someone's name and I would mess up the name and have to apologize. But they did know that I was trying to 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 learn. And that's right. I some, I, I got some yeah. <laughs> And I think that's amazing. And all those little details that you mentioned and about, you know, even just greeting with the kisses and all of the little things, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Those details, the cultural details and society details, you know, all those things in every place that you are and study the place that you're living in yeah. and understand who your audience is and, you know, really try to tailor what you're doing to that audience and it really depends on where you are and you know the field that you're in um, but I think that's amazing wow Ethiopia well what's so crazy is when I went to so I thought that Ethiopia was going to be the same as Cape, um, Cape Cod and Johannesburg and everything so right. when I went over to South Africa I was completely surprised that, <laughs> like Cape 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 Town reminded me of like Miami. So I was like, yes, oh. it is kind of like Miami. That's so yeah. funny that you say that. Yeah. And then Johannesburg was, was totally different. I'm slowly turning back to the person I used to be.
Well, I'm trying to stay on track, but I'm defeated by broken dreams, yeah. My mama always told me I can be who I want to be. Well, so nobody can hold me. Nobody can hold me. They won't hold me back now. Well, it gets harder every day. world wants me to change and be conformed to broken dreams But nobody told me that the road would be easy And I know Well it gets harder every day Oh yes it does And the world wants me to change and be to reality But nobody told me That the road would be easy And I know Yes, I know Traveling all over the world You do have to Try as best as possible To understand the cultures But you will be shocked Especially if you're from America And you hadn't toured before My eyes were completely open once I finally start getting out there and I have literally toured the world and had to learn <laughs> everywhere I went, what proper, what, what to say, what not to say, how to dress, you know, there's just so many things that you have to take into consideration. What was the craziest thing that ever happened to you on stage? Here I am being an entertainer. Now, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be interviewing you. <laughs> I know, this is always what happens because that's the problem when you're an entertainment reporter. It's hard to be interviewed. I like to interview other people. <laughs> no, but I also learn from you. I think that's the thing. I think this is what collaboration is all about. Um, and we can sort of, you know, be able to understand from all points of view. But I think that, yeah, I want to hear about something crazy that has happened to you when you were on tour. Well, one thing crazy was when we went to, we went to Spain, I was in Barcelona and one of the singers, they wouldn't let her on the ship. And we was out there, you know, it's a language barrier. It's all this different stuff. We had got all of our paperwork to go. And then when we actually got there, they're like, yeah, nah, she's not on the list. And we're like, well, how did we get the, sh the tickets? And how did we get all of this stuff? We have all this paperwork. What do you mean she's not on the manifest to be able to perform with us? So I think that was the craziest thing. And it took about, it took about eight hours to get you know, situated, but there also was a time zone difference. There was a language barrier. There was so many things that was going on that, you know, completely freaked me out. But and that's the, get back to you. with so many of these unusual things that happen, you know, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Uh, and especially in the last year and a half, we've all been sort of surprised every single day about how life can change in an instant and how things can change and how we need to be adaptable and be able to pivot. Absolutely. So I do have a question for you. You have so many talents like me, like you're doing everything. You're one, your biggest, your biggest one is a mother and a wife, but then you're also an actor. A, an artist, you have uh, acting albums, three yes. drama series in, in South Africa. Yes. You are an author. I mean, you're doing, you're a news anchor. I mean, you're doing so many <laughs> things. Too many things. Right. <laughs> but it is all kind of performance related. It is. It is. You know, a lot of people would say, well, how are you doing all of this stuff? And it, so I, I posed that question to you because I know what my answer is. Like, it, you know, people will say that I'm doing a lot of stuff, but it doesn't really feel like a lot of stuff to me because I think I, I think as a creator, you're used to having so many different avenues and you're 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 able to manage them all. Exactly. But I, I think that's the thing about the performing arts as a whole. You know, um, we do do a lot of things as performers. 
And I think that where you do have many talents, it's good to show them. Um, I suppose, you know, it is good to try to focus on certain aspects, but I think there's nothing wrong with being able to explore different venues and areas and see kind of what works for you. I guess it's important to carve your own niche that way. Um, but yes, they all kind of lead to who I am as mm -hmm. a person. Mm -hmm. um, I'll always have a love of news and presenting news, but you know, perhaps my calling is more in entertainment. So, you know, entertainment has been a wonderful way to freelance as well and to get through you know uh being able to contribute and continue doing what i'm doing while my son was in hospital um and i'm really looking forward to january i'm going to the palm springs international film festival where i'm going to be recording again on the red carpet lady gaga is receiving an icon award so there are going to be a lot of celebrities there again and after you know more than a year of kind of being away from the red carpet and a lot of close interaction with celebrities it will be really wonderful to be doing that i also have a holiday collaboration talk about doing more things <laughs> this is called Jujination. Uh, Z-H-O-O-J-H-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. It's a collaboration I'm doing with an Australian South African artist named Nikki Lacey. And she's got these really cool hats that kind of um, talk about sort of life's journeys in a Zen and interesting way. So there's life's journeys, art inspiration, sayings, and lots of fun. So here they are. Yeah, so uh, that's coming up soon where I'm going to be also talking about that. I'm also a hat collector, so that's kind of where the hats come in. I've been a hat collector ever since uh, I started in the business. I used to start out on tour, like collecting one hat every time to kind of, you know, cover up my forehead when we went on tour. And now I've got hundreds of hats, so I just had to have a holiday hat collection as well. <laughs> in any case, you know what? I think you have to see what works for you, but I do enjoy having that spice and variety of life. Um, it's good to just focus on all the things that you're passionate about. And I guess in the end, what it all leads to is just being able to reach out to others, helping others, being able to contribute more to society. Uh, I'm also on the board of directors of the Philadelphia Film Society. So helping to engage with community through film um, helping to work with children. I've been working with children in the Deep Salute Village in South Africa and um, being able to just get out there and contribute in what way you can. And sometimes if it's through the performing arts, that's a wonderful way to do it. Sometimes it's through film, it's through the visual arts, uh, through music. So yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with being able to diversify. And I guess, like I said, you've got to get creative in this day and age. And sometimes, yeah, it's like, you have to see also what works. Sometimes when you wanna get into your niche, you may not have gotten there the sort of straight pathway. It might've been through another way. So I guess it's good to pursue all of the avenues that you're interested in. And then another thing is there is no, there is no straight path. What I'm finding, you know, everybody's story of how they got to wherever they are in their lives and in their careers has all been, you know, different paths that they had to take. You know, there was not you people you you would say that people have a blueprint, but they really don't. I mean, they kind of do to a point where you know you know if they can do it, you can do it type of thing. But every step they took is not going. It's not going to be the same steps that you take. You know, you're going to have different twists and turns like you've had with your career, like you've had having to move to six different countries and all of the different accolades and different projects that you've worked on. One thing led to another that led to another. So and also things also fell apart. Yeah. Things that I wanted to do, I couldn't do because I was. Yeah. So you do you have to be flexible. Yeah. or I had to stop work because my son got ill. And we know now, especially in this age with COVID and things have changed so much. People have lost their jobs, people yeah. have lost loved ones. Mm -hmm. It's been so, so hard. 
and it is very hard to pick yourself up but be good to yourself yeah be gentle with yourself and be patient it really does take time and it's okay if it does if it's it's okay if you know you're not accomplishing a million things at once it's okay take it a day and a step at a time and try to think about the big picture it's very easy to read a book and people will tell you those things it's very hard to implement it in person it's so hard you know people will say oh well it's so easy for you to say well it, it it's it is hard um and i'm here if you want to reach out to me and you know talk to me and i have a lot of friends who do and we do commiserate and we do help to strengthen each other and build each other up too and that's what you know supporters are here for so you can follow me on instagram at jensu1 j e n s u the number 1 or on twitter at jennifer_su and um i look forward to hearing from you and communicating with you i know exactly what it's like to start all over again i know exactly what it's like to be rejected and being told over and over that you're not good enough or that you don't have the right look you don't have the right skin color you don't have the right accent but there are ways that you can make it happen for yourself so i'm here to help you and encourage you absolutely well with all of that being said you i mean you you said everything i needed to say <laughs> <laughs> so i would like to thank you so much jinsu for being a part of transparency talks podcast you definitely dropped a lot of great nuggets to our listeners And I thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much, Butter Bee Rocka. You Rocka, <laughs> girl, you Rocka. I love it. I love your name. I love who you stand for. Just thank you so much for your inspiration. Thank you. And with that, everybody on Facebook and on YouTube, we are out of here. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to Transparency Talks podcast. We're going to end the show with our special guest that we just interviewed. This is Jin Soo with Rise Up. Like you too, say. But I know when they're all tired, I kill